Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of it. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesday, but not Wednesday night. Usually Wednesday morning. But tonight's Wednesday night. It's my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? You're back from Vegas. Ooh, back, in, back in your home base. Got back last night. Got to miss this uh, Kings game. I, I honestly kind of thought by this time we wouldn't be seeing Josh Giddy, which I was correct. Yeah. But I also didn't think we'd see Chet play tonight either, which I'll say certified baller that he's playing here in, well, the, in this game. You know, coming into Summer League, I in my head, I don't really care if guys play or not. Like, I get why teams would want to rest them. But seeing the national reaction to Oklahoma City players playing has completely flipped me. Now I'm like, yeah. yes, it's amazing that they're playing. It's actually really good for their development. I completely agree. It's embarrassing that these other guys aren't playing. I mean, honestly. Austin Reeves, Andrew. Austin <laughs> Reeves isn't playing. No, Austin Reeves. Yeah, I I mean, maybe the Thunder trying to flip the script here on what what players should do in summer league. Maybe they're trying it's to win those a, try to get those rings, you know? It's all about rings culture. It's so funny cuz going into this, we kind of would have thought OKC would have been the type of team to shut their guys down early. Yeah. That's how I fe- I felt. Apparently I, I was wrong. Complete opposite. I mean, you have to you, you have to think that the players have some say in how long they're going to play. Yeah. You know? And so 
I guess maybe Chess just like, yeah, I want to play as much as possible. Because I didn't so think you're saying you're saying that Paulo is a coward for not showing up against Chess. Is that what you're saying, Andrew? Yes. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. I was I was wow. there. I was there, sitting front row for the night that Paulo duck Chet. You know. You must have been so excited for that going into it. Yeah, definitely. And and the the 180 of what that roster for the Magic could have been versus what we got to watch. Oh my gosh. It was like th- there were moments when there were five guys on the court for OKC who are all probably going to play like 500 minutes next year. If and not meanwhile, more. Yeah. the Magic roster was like five guys who combined will unlikely play 500 minutes in the NBA next season. Right. Like maybe Caleb Houston sees the floor just because he was a guy they chose in the draft. I don't know. I don't know. That, that was by far, that was definitely a disappointing night because it went from this big matchup to, oh, now uh, we have the plucky underdog magic who are taking it to the Thunder. And it's like, I don't want to watch this. It was so annoying before. because the Thunder got off to this great start. And I'm sitting next to Ben Golliver during this game. And Ben is freaking out about this Thunder team the whole time. He just kept <laughs> looking over at me and just yelling, "You are so lucky!" You know, as like all this like craziness is going on, Thunder up by like twenty or whatever. Um, and then Ben actually leaves because he had to go to go do something, and then the the plucky Magic just come back in the game. I I feel like the Thunder kind of let go of the rope in that one a little bit, as yeah, they did. Fair. At the end of this game, too, it just felt like the last like two minutes of the game, the Thunder were just like, "Can we just be done? Like, can this game just be over?" And the officials were just like, "No." And the guy running the shot clock was like, "Nope." You know what? In fact, I'm going to stop this game as many times as possible by just not resetting the shot clock. You may not end this game, Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, especially that last play where like Chet was wide open under the basket. And it's like, did just. Just let him do it. You know, yeah. Who cares? The, the clock doesn't matter if it's about to change possessions anyway. Right. So why are we doing this? Yeah, that was. I mean, this is uh this is kind of the phrase at summer league with uh, Keith Parrish was, it's summer league for everyone, including the officials, including the guy keeping time. It's summer league for all of us. It's not the way it should be, Andrew. I want to see Monty McCutcheon out there. Oh, wait, isn't he retired, actually? Yeah, he is. <laughs> okay, well, I want him out of retirement because he's the only ref I trust. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's brutal. The amount of foul calls, the amount of like incorrect foul calls is, is bad. The amount of times that players step out of bounds in Vegas is also really interesting. Yeah, what do you, what do you think about um, – what do you think about Chet? One, he he gets a lot of he, or he draws a lot of fouls yeah. because he's just kind of like flailing all the time. But also, it seems like a lot of his blocks, for whatever reason, get called. And I wonder if that is a new ref thing, or is that going? Do you think that'll transfer over into the regular season? I think it's possible it transfers over to the regular season. He's just such an unusual player. You know, just watching him, he's just so unorthodox in almost every way. That yeah. I think that he's going to be in some ways where like Zion is difficult to officiate, like Shaq was difficult to officiate, you know, Giannis is difficult to officiate. I think just like 
strangely large players. And Chet's like a big player in a different way, obviously. But I, I think that, and with how physical he plays, I think he's going to be kind of difficult to officiate. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's exciting on the one hand, because I do think he's going to get a lot of free throws. Yeah. And, and he, he's a very good free throw shooter. Oh, he missed his first free throw tonight in Summer League from know, in Utah and Vegas. McKelly is going to be crushed because oh. he was texting us trying to, to get uh, historical data on I guys know. who have hit so many in a row. He missed it right there and, at the uh, end, too. And, you know, it's uh, to me, it's like butterfly effect from the guy just not resetting the clock. You know, if that guy was just resetting the clock right, we're probably still sitting here with Chet at 100% at the free throw line. I still blame that guy. Whoever that guy is, he needs to be let go. This is this is crazy. It was a uh, it was such a weird game from Chet because his three makes he made three baskets. Yeah, but they were all cool. Yeah, the the one in transition in particular, where he's driving down the court and his arms are just going everywhere. He's bringing the ball everywhere. He's dribbling through, brings his arms through. And then when and just dunks the ball is like oh my like those are moments where you're like man that feels like it should count for fifty points you know just such a cool moment um, even some of his passing stuff tonight was cool his stat line doesn't look impressive honestly um, but he's still deterring guys at the rim he's to me he's been impressive in summer league yeah yeah for sure I'm I'm very interested to see what he looks like with Shea. Yeah. And Giddy. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you even see, like, sometimes tonight he'll, he will get doubled. He was getting doubled by the Kings on random possessions. Yeah. Um, and, like, I personally just don't think of Chet offensively that way yet. No. Definitely. I mean, no, he's uh, summer leagues. Yet. No. no, no. <laughs> if they want to double him, oh, sure. But, like, on the, on the other side of the court with Keegan Murray, like, the dude is just, like, absolutely ready to score yeah. at a high level right now, especially in summer league. Oh, yeah. And like Chet is just not at that level, yeah. and they're still doubling him. He did get the five steals. Yeah. He hit. He hit a three. Like it was up and down though, because I was actually excited when the game started because they actually did the thing. I was wondering when they would do it, which is starting him with like a definite big. Yeah. J Will, and J Will was guarding Kata mm-hmm. that whole time, and Chet was on uh, Keegan, and I was kind of excited about that. After watching it, I don't know if I'm as excited about it. I don't like it that I, much. I, I've always I, been kind of the guy that I think that you should play Chet at center because when you play Chet at the four, you take away like all the uniqueness of Chet. Yeah, like he was fine on Keegan. And and even though Keegan had an, a really nice game, what did he have? He had 29 points, 9 of 17. I don't feel like a ton of those were on Chet directly. Obviously, yeah. some of them were. Mm-hmm. But, like, I thought Chet did fine on the perimeter. But at the same time, like, what he offers around the rim is just, like, in another – it's another stratosphere of defense. Like, And and to just give that up, it took – I needed to see it. Yeah. And this is only, of course, one game. But I I didn't love it by the end of it. I wish he played – I wish they played him on Keita. Because Keita's the kind of center that – he should thrive against. And we saw him thrive against guys like that in Utah where yeah. they can't really defend him because they're not quick enough and he can defend them at the rim because that's what he does yeah. best. So to me, 
I think it's maybe more about giving it a look and seeing what he can do against a guy uh, at the four that's going to score the ball really well like Keegan does. You know, and that's what summer league is all about, like just giving these guys as many different looks as you can and kind of trying to get chemistry with different players and seeing what works and what doesn't. You know, like the the Thunder won the game. Doesn't matter. It's just is what it is. Um I was I was thinking about you know, obviously if Surge comes into the league right now, he's he's they're gonna play him at a center. most teams would play Surge. Like like young Surge as a center. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and one of the things we loved about Serge so much is he racked up blocks, a lot of them as a weak side blocker. Right. And I was thinking about it tonight, watching Chet have to guard Keegan on the perimeter. Like, man, the game was so much different back then where Serge could actually be closer to the rim mm-hmm. to get those weak side blocks. I mean, on so many of these plays, like Chet just never had an opportunity to get all the way back to the rim to even attempt a weak side block because he's being stretched so far by someone like Keegan. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I, I think that that's part of the reason why you want to play him at center is just to keep him at the basket as much as possible on defense. You don't really want him out on an island. You don't want him guarding somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, that you know has the ability to drive. That's not really where he's going to be best suited. And then offensively, you want him to be able to stretch out or if he is going to cook somebody, it's going to be a big guy. And so that's where all your advantages lie, in my opinion. And he's going to get outmatched by a lot of guys. But remember, like he's a rookie. <laughs> you know, most rookies aren't supposed to be good. And this, isn't, this also isn't the, supposed to be the year the Thunder is supposed to be good either. So yeah. it's okay to have like growing pains and for him to have, you know, Failures and victories, and you know it's it's all a part of it. Um, yeah, and and so, and so then looking at Jay Will, I'm I'm struggling, I'm struggling, Andrew. Yeah, his the way that the way that some people talk about like uh like Shaden Sharp, they would say like his athleticism athleticism pops off the screen. Yeah, for me, like for Jay Will, it's like his lack of athleticism will sometimes pop off the screen. Like the way he was yeah. blocked tonight. Yeah. Oh. Both of them were like the most dramatic blocks. It was very disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, like never had a chance, like knocked yeah. to the ground. And I'm still waiting to see like what is the, I, I talked about this last time we talked. Like I get it, he does the dirty work, but what else is there going to be? Yeah. Because even on some of his like passes, he had a, he had a couple like sloppy passes and he's not a great finisher by any stretch. No. Like, he's obviously better than he was in Salt Lake. I think he shot 8% at Salt Lake, so he's getting better. But, like, there's still just, like, so many times around the rim where you're just questioning, like, what what else is he bringing to this team? Like, he is definitely a big body. Yeah. Like, he could definitely body Kata tonight, and, and I think he did a fine job there. But we just talked about how, like, we don't really want to see him in that role because we would rather have Chet in that role. And so, you know, these are the kind of – thoughts I'm having as I'm watching J will I'm, I'm still yeah. still struggling there yeah I haven't been the biggest fan of him you know in in summer league he hadn't played he just hadn't played well I mean yeah that's just the facts and maybe you know you never want to bring like harsh judgments against players in summer league 
So to me, it's just kind of a wait and see. Like, does do things come together for him in training camp, and then he looks better in the regular season? You know, that wouldn't surprise me. You know, the Thunder took him at 34 and gave him a deal, you know, a long-term deal, by the way, so that he could be here. And so I won't bring any harsh judgments on him. It's just summer league. But the uh, the results have not been good so far Yeah, for Jay Will, which is okay. Uh, not the same for Jang tonight. Usman Jang. Uh, five of eight from the field, one of two from three. 12 points, seven boards, one assist, and a block. Uh, are you part of the Jang gang yet? Um, you know, it's only one game. I don't want to get, uh, you know, I don't want to go overboard. And I hope that we get to see something similar. They have one game left, right, on Friday? Yes. I hope we get to see something similar because this is kind of what I wanted to see. Like, as fun as it was and as honorable as it was for Josh Giddy to play, Andrew. So honorable. Hey, it's what it's what Hoopers do, man. Uh, as great as that was, this is kind of what I was missing from my summer league experience because yeah. Josh being in there, he just controls so much of the offense. He does a great job of it. It's great. I mean, especially in some of those summer league games, like when he would leave the floor, the offense would just like go into the tank. Yeah. So he's great. I like him. But remove him from the situation, and all of a sudden, Usman Jang isn't standing in the corner anymore. And he's actually gaining some confidence because he's being allowed to do a few more things on the offensive side. And I think part of that was also just getting out in transition as well. I think the idea of Usman Jang makes a lot more sense when you see him in transition. Yeah. Like that, that's where it kind of opens up and you see him with these long strides and doing these Euro steps. But some of the, there was a play at the beginning of the second half where he was bringing it up in transition moved to uh, the side of the court and went straight at Kata. Straight at him. Yep. And, and he didn't go all the way to the rim. He ended up shooting like a little floater, but like went into his body and made it. And that was the type of like play that I've been waiting to see or that I've been wanting to see. Because yeah. we all know that the criticisms of Jang coming in was like this lack of physicality and avoiding right. contact. Yep. And so I, I was just looking for any sign that he is working on that or or – or trying to answer those questions. And that was a play where I could definitely see it. Yeah. Like he, he went at him and he has the touch to make the floater work. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was very impressed with Jang tonight. Yeah, I was too. He, I mean, there's a reason that they took him at 11 and we saw some flashes tonight and, you know, a lot of people had a lot of good things to say about Jang that I talked to in Who? Vegas. Who? Uh, name names i talked to somebody from i don't they probably don't want me to say their name um from a from an an opposing team i talked very actually two people from two opposing teams actually that talk really highly of jang Um, yeah in what in what way just like as him as a prospect yeah they really like his size and his skill level yeah um and really liked him liked his liked him as a person too like in the interview process um, so that was good to hear. Cause I mean, you talk to people within the thunder or in and around the thunder and they're going to like, of course they're going to say good things about Jang. Right. Um, and so to hear that from a couple of different people, um, from the rockets and the blazers, it's like, Oh, okay. It's like, good, good to hear like other teams that, yeah. you know, actually I could have had him or were in that range. Um, that really liked him. So, 
Yeah, the, the other thing I would say, um, or, or the other aspect where we saw that some of that physicality tonight was in the rebounds. Like him getting seven rebounds, like not all of them were wide open. Yeah. Like a, a few of them were challenged, and and that's great. Like that's that's the kind of stuff I want to see from Jang. I still like my original question with Jang is still there, which is yeah. he looks the best when he has the ball in his hands. And we already saw in summer league when Josh Giddy is playing, we're not even talking about shaving on the court that it's hard for him to get any reps. And yeah. so I still have this question, like what is the development plan here? How is he going to be able to get those type of reps in the NBA? Now, maybe that this means he ends up starting off in the G league mm -hmm. and developing all that. And, and maybe that's the way this goes, but I do I, I don't know. In some ways, I want him to develop an off-ball game because I think that's like the clearest path to him getting minutes yeah. on this team. But at the same time, I feel like it's really shortchanging what he could potentially be. Yeah. I mean, you got to play him with second units, too, to start with. Yeah. And the truth is, like, the Thunder are going to play a style of basketball where no one's going to dominate the ball. And so you just... You know, there may not be enough room for everybody to develop like to their peak. You know what I mean? I think it's yeah. I think it's difficult, especially when you have this many lottery picks all on one team. You know, they've stacked a lot of lottery picks on this team now. You know, when you consider Shea and Giddy and Chet and J Dub and now Jang, that's five. You know you're gonna have a sixth lottery pick next year. I mean that's a that's a lot of lottery picks to try to develop all on one team, you know. Yeah. And guys, and most of those guys you feel fairly confident are NBA players. Like there's not a there's not a true bust in that group. You know, you think about I think you had the trivia question about how like what what team has the most lottery picks, and it was the Magic. But the Magic have guys like Mobamba and Fultz, who you know is kind of in and out of the lineup and. You Terrence know, Ross. Terrence Ross as well. <laughs> where you're just like, okay, like, yeah, you've got a lot of lottery picks. Only really a few of them are ones that we care about. Um, right. And you could say, like, all five of the lottery picks on the team now, like, I think you can make the case that you care about all of them, you know? Well, and that's why seeing J-Dub be so successful off-ball already yeah. gets you really excited. Definitely. Because I, I do feel like there were people who were worried about that coming coming into the draft. We're not worried about it, just not necessarily touting it. You know, yeah. people were more interested in his on ball. He's play. way better off ball. <laughs> yeah, he is. Way better. He couldn't get the ball up the court at the end of the game. And that actually, well, not that part makes me feel good, but just like what we've seen off I feel ball makes so me feel... good that he just doesn't know how to dribble <laughs> through traffic. Yeah. I'm so glad we have one less dribbler on the team to worry about. <laughs> but can... it, it just, it's like, okay, he's going to fit. Yeah. Like I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And whereas I still have those questions about Jang, even though like, I, I like what I saw tonight. It's a question of like, is he going to be able to do the, are, is he going to use his strengths in yeah. this environment? Or how quickly will he be able to use those strengths? I think it's going to be a minute. I think that he's got to develop into that player. I think the shot is going to be so crucial for him. You know? Yeah, definitely. And if he develops a shot, I think that's huge for this team. Because I'm not even like, honestly, 
Jang with the future of this team, I'm not really baking in like what he could be as a part of where this team is going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no, I definitely know what you mean. <laughs> Somebody asked me a very funny question on, on Twitter today. What was it? Um, uh, <laughs> they asked, if Jang is a thing and we got giddy already, do we trade SGA and picks for a young big? If that's the future, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah. Stop!" It was a, it was a, it was a couple of nice plays. Yeah, don't do I, this. I tweeted out some nice things about Jang, but I am in no way ready to start talking about like this. <laughs> he's a guy. Yeah. we're so far away from guy status. We are me. very far from guy status. We're, we're firmly in in dude. Would you say we're in dude status? If, yeah. If best, I'm yes. not honestly. I'm not even in discussions on where he's at. It's, it's too early. It's I don't want to. I don't want to even think about that right now. Yeah, I mean, I think you can. I think you can factor in J Dub as a part of this team, just because, and not that he's got like some like crazy high ceiling, but he started at the four the other night. And if you listen to the right. interview that I did with him, he was kind of laughing because he's like, "Yeah, I've never played that position in my whole life." Yeah, you know, and he is you know playing it you know just a few games into his nba career uh which is kind of cool but he's just a guy that is just plug and play wherever i mean he like on the, and he's trying to say the right things and like good for him but like even on the show he's saying like i'll i'll do whatever they want it's like if i need to fill up water bottles like i'll do that like oh did did you get any um feedback on the interview for not knowing what the last of us was the video game I mean, a lot of people hit are hitting me up on YouTube telling me, just call me old or something, you know. <laughs> I had no idea what it was. Still still really don't, you know. I did a quick Google search, like whatever. Um, yeah, I haven't played, like, played a video game, like, yeah. on my own uh, since college, probably. Wow. See, I just got all, I got uh, our, our, our mutual friends, dusty dane and luke to all buy the new teenage mutant ninja turtles game yeah it, it's it's not a remake it's kind of like a reimagining of turtles in time oh like it it's is. the same type of of side scrolling what's it 2D. on it's on everything and it's cross-platform so we were oh. like very excited about this but of course none of us have time when we all four can get together and play it so i still have not played it mm-hmm. it's just uh it's what sucks about getting old i'll have to get it on the switch and never play yeah it. you should get it we could play it. Too. We can play it live on stream. We could have uh, Turtles Night. I'd like that. That was one of my favorite games, honestly. Turtles in Time. Yeah, such a great. And game. it look it looks really good, and people like it. It's getting good reviews. So. How much does it cost on the Switch? Do you know? Uh, I bought it. It was on sale. It was like twenty two bucks. Whoa! I'm buying that thing tonight. Okay. Whether I whether I play it or not, I just want to own it. <laughs> okay, um, great. Uh, yeah, I really will buy that. Yeah, it was. I felt like s- such an old man at different portions in the interview. Um, that was definitely one of them. Dude, I, f- I feel like such an old man just being on Twitter. Like, such a, a large... There's such a generational gap between, like, who we are and then there's a younger group of Thunder fans yeah. who, like, their favorite player was Russell Westbrook when they were, like, 10. Right. Which is, like, how I felt about Allen Iverson yeah. when I was yeah, 10. Yeah, that was and Shaq it, for me, yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, a totally different way of viewing the thunder mm-hmm. and neither way is right or wrong it's just like when you grow up with a team at a different age you're going to have like a different relationship with the team and those players and sometimes that comes through on twitter and i'm just like damn i'm old yeah 
So I had an old, I had one of those moments during summer league. Um, me and Jerome Chang, I don't know if you know Jerome, but he works for the athletic and he does our video stuff for us. And so Jerome and I did um, concourse trivia where we went around the concourse asking summer league questions to random fans. Mm. And so like one of the questions was uh, name the player that had named the only player that has his jersey retired in Vegas summer league. Uh, do you know who it is? Uh, I, I don't know. I'll guess. I'll guess Anthony or Josh Selby. No, Nate Robinson. Nate Why? Robinson. I guess he's just a summer league legend, man. But he was. Uh, he was like asking me like what year that was. He's like, oh yeah, I was like, you know, six when that <laughs> happened. I was like, oh my gosh, bro, <laughs> I am so old. <laughs> I am so old. Um. But it was fun. I, I think that video should go out sometime soon. It was hilarious. People knew nothing about Summer League. Um, I've also got another one. I got. I'll tell you off the pot about another one that I did. I don't know. If, I don't know if we're gonna do it. If we're gonna release it or not. But it was a very funny. Um, well, I, th- I think. I think when you're. I think the way you approach it is correct. You. You shouldn't try to match them in terms of like communicating as a young person. Yeah, you, you just have you just have to be honest about like it was very funny when you said, "I've I've uh, younger siblings who really like the Proud Family." <laughs> I just gotta I gotta be real, and those and I've really kind of just had to let go of like any sort of like trying to relate to these guys in some ways, and just be like, "I am interviewing you, and I'm going to be me, and you're going to be you," you know. Um, and I, I just feel like it, it just works better, you know, even though like there's probably there's a, in a lot of ways I can't relate to these guys at all. Um, but J- I'll say he was just awesome. You know, he came over and he sat next to me for a while as I'm like frantically setting up my equipment. So how the interview went is they had practice at Thomas and Mac where this is where like I think UNLV practices. Um and so we kind of weave our way back into the gym. It's like me and Joe and a couple other people. Um, and it's like, okay, Joe wanted to interview uh, the coach. And then Chet was going to come over and talk to this guy that came from Gonzaga. And then, like, I had requested uh, Jalen. And so apparently there's, like, one outlet in the entire gym. And so it was at the <laughs> scorer's table. And so – I had to like go over there and they're like, all right, like you're you're gonna do this like quickly. You're gonna get this podcast done quickly. I was like, all right, let's do it. And so I'm just like frantically setting up all this stuff and I wanted to get the camera in because I wanted it on video. Uh, and Jalen just comes over and sits down. He's kind of he's like, you know, says what's up. He's kind of scrolling through his phone and he's like, man, he's looking at he's looking at some web like like clothing website. And he's like, man, he's like, nine hundred dollars for jeans is insane. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> He looks at me and he goes, "Welcome to the league." And he's like, "Buying nine hundred dollar jeans." It's just really funny. Um, so he's he's very down to earth. He's very very nice uh, before and after the interview as well, um, which is cool. Because uh, I mean, a lot of times it's just like, man, I. It, it can be annoying, probably. It's like you're working out all day, like you just finished practice, you're kind of going through the motions and then like 
Some you got to ra- talk to some guy who doesn't know The Last of Us. Some rando old dude shows up and wants to talk to you on a microphone, you know. So, no, he was cool. He was cool. Um, you know, I'll, it, Summer League, everybody should go at some point. I think I've said this on a podcast before, but it's just... <laughs> Andrew froze just as he was about to say something. Am I Andrew? frozen? Am I back? I'm back, too. I, I left for a little while as well. <laughs> you did? Yeah, my little screen started doing the swirly thing. Oh, no. Okay. Um, I was just going to say, everybody should go to Summer League. You know, at some point. Yeah. It is so much fun. Um, specifically, Al, I've got, I've got to get you a credential, and you've got to come with me next year. Like, you just have to. Just, you know, tell Mal that you've got to be there. Because hey, I'll bring the baby. Bring the baby. Wear him in front. There is this media party that Warren Legary throws. Warren Legary is the guy who started Summer League. He's also Mike D'Antoni's agent. Yeah. He started Summer League back in 2004. He's this crazy old dude, and he is everywhere. He is, like, you, you run into him maybe three or four times a day. You're there. Um, he's, just a, and he's just goofy, and he's funny, and, and approachable, too. Um, I talked to him a few times while we were there. And so I started to hear, I had never been to this party before, but you start to hear about it throughout the day. Oh, you know, they're doing the summer league party, you know, Warren's throwing this party, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it's for the media. And so you have to like get on a list to go to this party. And so, um, that night Joe Masato and I had planned to go to dinner anyways. And so I go to dinner with Joe and then I'm like, Hey, you want to go to this Warren the Gary party? He's like, sure. He's like, I don't know what that means. Like, let's go do it. And so it's at this hotel that's like on the north end of the strip. And so we got to take an Uber up there. And we get to the hotel. We walk in. And we're like, where are we supposed to go? Well, there's just these giant signs that it's like NBA Summer League welcome party. And we walk in. And Warren Legary is standing at the edge of these stairs. And there's like a security guard. And then there's a guy standing there like making sure that you're on the list and warren's like shaking your hand like welcoming you and he's like make sure that you're covering summer league not talking about them being meaningless games and like just is going on and on about it um and i'm like oh we would never do that warren i said we're doing live shows you know on the concourse and he's and he is like oh talk dirty to me you know like he's just such a (laughs) he's just such a funny guy he's just like such a weird character and so, like, they give us these wristbands, and we start walking down the stairs, and we wind down this, like, giant stairway, and you're like, where are we going? Like, what is this? And we walk all the way down, and at the base of this stairwell is, like, maybe 10 people holding trays of, like, beer and wine and all these drinks and then all this food. And then out to the right, there's these two girls that are – from head to toe covered in mirrors and there's a photographer there and he's like hey want to take a picture with the mirror girls and joe's like no and i'm like yes we're taking a picture with the mirror girl so i drag joe over there and so there's some (laughs) picture taken by a professional photographer floating around there of me and joe masato with these mirror (laughs) girls i don't know how to get a hold of the photo uh i promise joe that if i do get a hold of the photo it will be my profile picture on twitter um can't find it though Anyways, you walk past the people that are holding the trays. It's like this another like long winding hallway back to this 
giant room that has like two open bars on either end. It's got this giant waterfall that has like NBA Summer League projected on this waterfall. And then I look up and there's this DJ. I think I talked about this on the pod the other day, but Rui Hachimura is like DJing this party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just one of the craziest things because like then like in walks Kevin O'Connor, in walks Tom Haverstrow, in walks like <laughs> it, it. So the way that I have described it, I was just trying to describe it to my wife earlier. It was as if Twitter came alive in a room. You know, like everybody you follow on Twitter is just like instantly in this room with like mixing in like different like random NBA players that are just kind of walking through. Uh, it is the most bizarre place to be. And did you uh, did you see any uh, barfing? I didn't see any barfing. No, mm. but mm, mm, mm. it had to have been so expensive, just so crazy expensive because. There's even a guy in the bathroom who is standing in by the sink and uh, putting his hand over the motion sensor so that you don't have to do it when you wash your hands. You know, and Oh, he's wow, like, what a guy. And he's like handing stuff to you, like making sure that you're just taking care of it. Like, man, I've done this a thousand times. I really, I'm very good at this. I'm very good at washing my hands by myself. Don't really need your help, but thank you. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how much Warren paid for this party, but it was outrageous and so fun and apparently there was an after party that i opted out of but you had to pay 50 bucks to get into it and every single person i talked to said i wish i did not go to that party to the after party um however it's just one of the weirder nights and like that's just like one night at summer league like it's just well maybe next year we go and we take l man yeah and we just pump him full of alcohol that's just night after night and just wind him up, let him go. That would have been like the ultimate L man experience. I think <laughs> was this war in the Gary party. Um, it was, it was wild. It was, it was insane. Well, speaking of uh, uh, Joe Masato, he had a great article on uh, Cam Woods, who's yeah. the summer league head coach. Yes. Really? I, I, I just, I had heard his name, but I didn't know anything about Cam Woods. I didn't know that he played on the blue. Yes. And then he eventually, you know, his career kind of came to its natural end. And he went back to, I think, Florida and was like an IT recruiter. Yeah. But Mark Dagnott was staying in touch with him. And then when he was on a family vacation or just like visiting an OKC, Mark was like, hey, we have an opening. Do you just want to randomly interview? And then he got a job with the blue. And then he became like the lead assistant on the blue after Mark got promoted. And then he got bumped up to the Thunder the next year. And now this is his second year coaching summer league because last year the other guy got like COVID, but this is his first like full year coaching. It was just a really cool story. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was really nice. It's like, it's, it's another one of those kind of crazy thunder stories. Like Mark's story is like kind of similar in a way where it's just like, like how did you get here? You know, I, I actually pull like, wanted to talk to Cam just you know not in the scrum and so after like our first scrum with him in Vegas I kind of walked with him as we as he was walking out and just like tell me like how did like how did you get this summer league job like how did how did this all come to be and he just talked about and I was asking him about you know like you 
you know, Mark was your was your coach, and like now he's like the coach. Um, and he was just like so complimentary of the organization. He's like, you know, some some NBA teams would like to think that they are, you know, developmental, you know, from from bottom to top, and that they're like a family environment. And he's like, man, it's like I can like honestly say that's how I felt my entire time, you know. And he's like, and I was mostly with the blue, you know, the entire time. Yeah, yeah. and. He, he said he always felt connected to the organization, um, the Thunder. And so now, like, he's, you know, one of their developmental coaches, you know, and in an era where, like, development is huge. So they don't, you know, they don't hire those guys lightly. So it's, it is, it's cool. It's, it's a really cool story. You should go check it out. Um, Joe did some, he did some great work on that. Uh, we would be remiss, Andrew, if we didn't mention that Trey Mann, uh, finally had a Trey Mann game. He did. And six of 11, three of five from three, 15, six and seven assists. Just a great all around game. And it was like the entire game from like beginning to end. He really just looked like a different player. Although in some respects, it's like he always has the moves. Yeah. It's just like when the shot's falling, everything clicks and it all looks perfect. Well, and you could tell, the his rhythm is off and i feel bad for him because he got hurt you know in the second half of the game and then didn't return um, oh yeah I, I completely forgot about that what happened to him because i saw him underneath the basket but yeah, i didn't actually see what I, I didn't see what happened either i don't think that we know what the injury is yet um he had some kind of collision and fell but i don't know it seemed like something to do with his leg but i don't i don't know i don't know what the, his status is but um it was a bummer because you could tell his rhythm was off. It wasn't just the shot. It was just he he would lose the ball just trying to cross somebody up. Uh his it's just like his whole rhythm was just disrupted for, for some reason. And tonight he looked like, "Oh, okay, that's Trey Man. Like that's a Trey Man that we've been waiting for." And it's a shame, you know, and, and when guys get hurt in summer league, usually it means that we don't see him again. So, that's a shame because I would have liked to see at least one more good Trey Man game. So we got one game left. I got to say, usually by this point in the summer league, I'm kind of checked out. Uh, and this game was still entertaining. Yeah. So so we have we have one game left. I forget who it's against, but it's on Friday. Let's see here. I'm bringing it up. They go against the Warriors. We could there potentially have a Chet-Wiseman matchup. Gosh, I hope Chet. I mean, that, Chet's got to play. You can't get to the end here and, and you know hang it up, can you? That that would, that feels like it's asking a lot for him to still play, but that would really be fun to see him go against oh, Wiseman. Be great, and see Usman go against uh, Kaminga. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that Warriors but, team is yeah. good, man. They've got. I don't know if they're going to have a great player out of this group, but it's still pretty impressive what they've done. You know, having these these guys developing in the background. You know, it's, I mean, I've I've always loved Moody. Like, yeah. it, it, I mean, he was he was like the guy I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> last I, year I remember. Yeah, um, and then he ends up falling to fourteen or whatever. And but yeah, he he's just he's going to be so solid. And he has these breakouts where I mean, I think he had like thirty uh, thirty four thirty four. It's, a mo- it's, it's the most points in a game so far, I think. Um, and he has those games where you're like, ooh, there might be something more here. Like, I wonder what his ceiling really is. Because that was kind of like the knock on him. 
that people, everyone seemed to like Moses Moody. Yeah. They just thought his ceiling was limited in some way. Yeah. Um, Defensively, there's still questions like what, what he's going to be. And like, did you know he is like the exact, they're exact same measurements as J dub almost exactly. Like in terms of height and wingspan. Yeah. Actually, that's interesting. I think, I think uh, J dub's wingspan might actually be more. It probably is seven, two. Yeah. Two, seven, two. I'm going to look right now. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been super impressed and entertained by Oklahoma city summer league. This yeah. Uh, J dub is he, a huge part of that too. Like him just is, being sure. a, a competent player and the way he dunks the ball too, you know, it was funny, his reaction, like to me asking him if he, if that's like been a part of his game, he's like, no, no. Um, there's just like so many, I think that he is still in a lot of ways figuring out the kind of player he's going to be, which is kind of cool because I, I think that who he was at Santa Clara there were a lot of skeptics like, oh, I don't know if he should have gone that high in the drafts. I don't know if he's going to be that kind of player, but I think that you have to credit Sam and his crew that I think that they envisioned something a little bit different for him because of his size and length. And he's a strong player too. You know, he's not some skinny guy. Like he's, he's strong. And so he's going to play a lot of positions for them. I think that he will play really from the backup point guard all the way to the four, you know, you could see him playing and he could play in a closing lineup that involves three other guards, uh, which is just kind of cool to think about. Yeah. His wingspan, I was wrong. So Moses Moody, his wingspan is seven and three quarters and Jalen Williams is seven, two and a quarter. Yeah. Like a, a, almost a full extra two inches. Because you remember that photo of Moses Moody where he's in like the door frame? Yes. And he could touch the top and yes. the bottom. Chris Vernon was really into it. <laughs> I do remember that. That's, that's a very Verna thing to be into. That's wild that Jalen Williams is like almost a full two inches greater wingspan than yeah. Moses Moody. Yeah. It, it's, it makes a big difference too. I mean, it's a it's a big deal for him. I'm a, Man, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in the league with the full complimentary of players, because I think that's where he'll shine the most is when he's playing with Josh and with Shea and with Chet, where he's, I mean, and, and even with Dort, I think you can play all those guys together. And then he's like the, you know, fourth or fifth guy that you're thinking about when he's on the court. He, he's the guy I'm most confident outside of Chet. Like he, he is, and actually compared to even a lot of like the other young guys, like not even from this draft class where I feel confident that he will be a day one rotation player because like we, we keep thinking about getting minutes for guys like Usman Jang or even like Jay will. But when you start thinking about like Kendrick Williams is probably going to play on opening night. He's on the team. Yeah. Like I don't, maybe we'll see Mike Muscala. I don't know. Like, that wouldn't shock me if Mike Muscala is playing 10 to 12 minutes a night. Yeah, maybe. Like it's it's going to be hard to get minutes, but J Dub is one guy who I feel confident is going to get minutes. Yeah. Whereas like it would not surprise me if Usman Jang and J Will and even like even Poku, like would it shock me if Poku doesn't get minutes in like the opening night game? It really wouldn't. Like I, mean, I, I do think he'll get be getting minutes eventually this season. But yeah. I don't think he's like locked into the rotation. No. In the way I feel about J-Dub. I think what we'll see at the beginning of the year is 
guys that, <clears throat> excuse me, have truly earned their spot, you know, in the rotation. And then I think things will change. I think that throughout the season, yes, you will see Poku. You'll probably even see Teo playing in rotation minutes. But I think at the beginning of the year, it's going to be, okay, like let's have a training camp battle. Let's see who rises to the top. And, yeah, I would not be surprised to see Poku not make it. You know, I think like Darius Baisley has a leg up on him. I think that there's a world where even Usman could have a leg up on Poku, which is like the baseline of defense that he plays. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that will be very intriguing because now there were definitely like minutes handed out last year to players just because like, man, we really don't have any players, you know, at this position. And like Derek Favors, you get to start. And... You know, Darius Baisley, you don't have a ton of competition, you get to start. Uh, it's just not that way anymore. You know, there's there's so, competition at every position. So it's kind of gone under the radar just in the last week or so, but there still has to be pretty significant roster cuts Yeah, still. Yeah, there does. So I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at Spotrack. Because they added Eugene as a two-way, pl- two-way player, now, of course, they could waive Eugene at any point. Uh, I, I'd like to waive him now, personally. Okay. What do you so, think of, of Eugene Umar? Oh my Yuri. Uh, he's got great size. Like he, he has really broad shoulders. Like he's a yeah. big dude. He's a big so guy. I, I like that. I mean, he's definitely had some some nice plays. Yeah. Um. Maybe. But yeah, the worst hands on the team. I I like it. Just goes back to like we're talking about whether Poku's going to potentially get minutes. Someone they've like invested picks in, invested years in. Yeah. Like I I, just, I can't seriously talk about like whether Eugene I'm sorry it's just bothered me I just, I've just seen it too many times in summer league where it's just like he just cannot catch the ball it's like all right well, I'm done I've seen enough let's yeah. try somebody else okay so, so even if you take him off okay get you're only down here. to 20 you're only get down to 20 now we can take Jermichael Green off we feel like that 100%. gets you down to 19 100 percent. he's gone so now so now you're at uh 18 <laughs> is that what is that right no, 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 you're at 19. We're still at 19. You're at 19. You still need two more. So you think Derek Favors? Favors gone. Bye bye. So Although Favors was in Vegas, I did see him with the team. Yeah. Um, wearing some nice uh, yeah, jeans. Yeah, he was probably there. probably wearing nine hundred dollar jeans. Uh, yeah. Who 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 else? Had, oh, uh, Shangun. <laughs> oh my gosh, crazy Shen-Gun. jeans. Oh my gosh, Shangun. I I just. Sat there. I was actually sitting there with Jake Fisher, the king of scuttlebutt. Um, we're both just standing there, just staring at at Shangun, who's just standing <laughs> there with his girlfriend. He's wearing the just the most wild outfit ever. Um, I can't remember who I was talking to. I was like, "Man, oh, I was Joe." Joe was like, "What would what would happen if I showed up and were just wearing that outfit?" Like I would never let you forget that you wore that outfit. I would talk about it every time I saw you. Um, he should. He should do it. He should embrace it. I agree. I agree. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, okay, so... Okay, we've 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 cut Eugene in this hypothetical scenario. Get him out of here. Uh, we've gotten we've we've traded Jermichael Green or, or done something there. Yeah. Derek Favors, maybe we've bought him out. Yep, gone. You still have to get one more, and it's probably going to be somebody that you convert. You, it's going to be someone you have to convert to a two way. Yeah. Um, I wish that we could have seen Teo. Because he's definitely like close to the chopping block. Do you think it's like Teo and Veet, and like one of them will get a two-way spot, and the other one will have to be waived? Maybe so. Um, I thought Veet's been pretty good in his minutes, and to me, he's the kind of player that you want to keep around because he's six-eight. He can handle like he can do a little bit of everything, and if he continues to rehab and get some athleticism back, like. Just having extra wings around is helpful. Having yeah. extra small guards around, to me, it's just like, okay, what's the point? You know, like, unless you think that he's got some high ceiling, which I just don't think that what we've seen from Teo really has shown that. Um, in that case, I'd just rather have Veet. Well, Teo is even more of a case of 
how do you put him in a position to succeed with his strengths? Because he he has not shown the ability to be a good three-point shooter no. yet in the league. And he's not, even though he is a point guard, he is not going to get that opportunity on this team. And if that wasn't clear last year, it's like even clearer now. Yeah. I would also so just may- ask, like, what are his strengths at this point? I don't think you're going to find out in Oklahoma City. Like, the, the yeah. dude was brought up in an academy to be a, like, traditional point guard. Yeah. He, he's he has to go to an environment where he could do that. And that's not going to happen in Oklahoma city. So maybe, maybe that is what it is. You, you have to wave Teo because he has trying to look at his deal. And then you would move Veet to a two way. Um, so his deal is fully guaranteed. Oh yeah. It's fully guaranteed on June 29th. So his money's already guaranteed. Not that it really matters, but yeah, he's he's getting 1.9 million. Yeah. Sam said at the end of season presser, like they're going to have to cut, Somebody like they're gonna have to eat money somewhere, um, yeah. And they will do next that. year is where it's gonna get juicy, Andrew. This this doesn't feel that juicy now that we've walked through it. Yeah, they only have one. There's, pick next there's year, some though. sensible ways to go. Yeah, they only have one. I pick, know. I, though. Yeah, but I mean, I guess you're right. Next year is do actually ha- um not bad. The year after that. Is where things could get juicy, because I think that that's that's where they go back to having multiple picks again. They do have a couple seconds next year still, right? Because I, I think, think they trade one from each of twenty three and twenty four. Uh, I have to confirm, but I I I think that they just have I think they will just have one pick next year, and it's their first. So I think, and that's good. I think it's good to kind of let this roster settle for a little bit. Um, and, it's, and, you know, it's it's very fun to just throw four guys onto the roster, you know, and see what happens. But I just don't think this roster could handle another four players coming in next year. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because um, then it's like, how like really, how do you develop all these guys all at once? And once we hit the 24 draft, I think it's going to be like, okay, now we can start talking about fit. Like who, who on this roster does fit, who doesn't now we can maybe make some trades. We can attach picks and players and maybe go get a player that fits better. Or maybe we make a trade in the draft for a player that we feel fits better. You know, I think up until this point, it's like, okay, we're just going to take as many players that fit, you know, check all the thunder boxes, you know, team oriented, like genuinely a good person, shoot, pass and dribble for the most part. And then, you know, are they going to play hard? I think is another one. And they may not check like every player is not going to check all those boxes. Um, and also like, can they add like versatility to the team? You know, I think that's another big one is that there's a very few players where you're like, okay, this is the only position this guy plays. You know, there's a, there's players where they, you know, there's very few guys that you can look at and say, well, they're only this. I think like Jay Will's one where you're like, yeah, Jay Will's really only kind of a center. You know, you don't, yeah, you don't really want to play him at the four. Um, I think Trey Mann is like definitely just like a two guard. You know, I don't think that you want him to be your point guard. I think that he's like a 
like the perfect sixth man. He's like he's the classic sixth man that you'd think of, you know, coming off the bench, like just getting buckets, who's like guard size, you know. But other than that, it's like, man, like a lot of these guys can play a lot of different positions, which is pretty cool. I'm starting I'm looking at the roster. I wonder if they'll clear the benches at some point. There's still a lot of guys who made the summer league roster but have not played a minute of summer league. I know. Which with the amount of players that you need to develop, totally cool. You know, they do practice with them. So they get I know, but that's, they get a that's good a look huge at bummer. Them. Uh, no, hey. I'm, I'm talking about a lot of these guys, well they're not anticipating making the roster of the summer league team right. they're on. It's more just like getting eyes on you yeah 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 um i don't know you sign maybe up? that's what friday will be it could be it could be that that chet and wiggins and all those guys don't play i was a little surprised wiggins played another hooper we got another hooper on our hands out oh it's robert baker i thought it was ron baker i was like ron baker's uh, back ron baker is 37 years old back in summer league wow <laughs> How old is ron baker uh, uh, he is 29. 29. Okay, still pretty young. Still in his prime, Ron Baker. Uh, what did you he think? He made of- he he made almost 10 million dollars in his NBA career. That's pretty good. Good for him. Yeah, there you go Ron. Uh, we got to talk about uh, pronunciation guide for Chet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is important. This this was news to me. Obviously, everyone was complaining about the announcers in the summer league game. They were saying. Homegrum. <laughs> homegrum. Home, home, which is also what Al Ashbeck calls him. Chet Homegrum. Chet Homegrum. But Andrew has found out that there is a pronunciation guide, and it might not be what you expect. So the Thunder released the rosters. At the bottom, it gives a pronunciation guide for the players that are going to have their names mispronounced, like uh, Eugene Omiguri. I don't even I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Hopefully it's the last that, time. That, I think that's right. Hopefully that's the last time I have to say it on the podcast. Um but Chet's is on the pronunciation guide, it's Homegrin. H O M E G R I N. Homegrin is the way that it is that's the way that it is on the pronunciation guide. So Homegrin is how Homegrin. I mean, I would assume that that's correct. It's officially put out by the team. They're also the ones that released Deg Nault. Um, I'm trying to think other ones. Uh, Alex Abrinas was another one. Abrinas. Uh, I remember all of those distinctly, like looking at these pronunciation guides. And this one is Homegrin. H-O-M-E-G-R-I-N is how it's supposed to be pronounced, which I thought is kind of interesting. Did you uh I don't feel like we've talked about it yet, but the the Palo Palo pronunciation. Yeah. Like I feel like it's gonna just go on forever now. It was never corrected. Yeah. And now it's just because so everyone was so concerned with his last name. Yeah. And so people, people saying, don't get it right. Yeah, they still say Banchero. But then I, I feel like the majority of people understand now that it's Banchero, but his first name phonetically is Paulo. Yeah. Not Paolo. Right. Paolo. Which was super hard for me. I said Paolo all the time, but then yeah. I looked it up and they have Duke basketball's same thing. Like their media guide, the phonetic spelling is P A U L 
dash O H. Yeah. Paulo. Paulo. Paulo Bencaro. Paulo. Yeah. No, not Paolo. Was... You're saying Paolo like Pal Gasol. Not that. Huh? Not Pal Gasol, Paolo. No. Paulo. Paul McCartney. Paul. Paulo. Paulo. Yeah. Yeah. Paulo. It was funny. I was sitting with Nate Duncan and he was struggling with the pronunciation so much. And I was trying to help him through it. And he was calling him uh Paulo Boncaro. I heard a lot of Boncaro from like announcers. Too. Yeah. I was like, is not Bon. Don't go the Bon way, man. You got a ban. Stay away from Bon. It's Ban Caro. Um last question before we go. Way Johnson won. Wants to know what's up with Vasily Michich. <laughs> Vasily Michich! We got an update, Andrew. Uh, a Woj bomb. Yeah. A wo- Woj bomb about Michich. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know that it really means anything still. Like, don't bite on it yet, Thunder fans. Because I, like, I bit so long ago. I know. It's too late. It's too late. I know. I, I, I just wouldn't put any stock into it yet. Even though Woj tweeted about it, Woj didn't really. Woj just kind of tweeted about the thing that we've been thinking about all along. Like he didn't say any, didn't really <laughs> add anything to the conversation. He just kind of yeah. acknowledged the conversation. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, this guy's out there, and he's pretty good, and some people are interested in him." But yeah. OKC is going to decide. I know. Yeah, I was like, "Yep, we know. We've been talking about it for a long time." Woj, welcome to the conversation. Uh, so. I, I don't know. It was interesting timing for that. I think something needs to get done soon. So if something is going to get done, it'll probably be in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I would expect... It's very interesting, too, because there's a lot of different ways it can go. You can either like trade him to a team that then signs him to a contract, or you can sign him to a contract and then trade, then trade him. him. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, of course, not... I'm not anticipating anything. One other thing I wanted to mention, though, Andrew, last thing... Everyone should go look at the luxury tax totals going into next season because I did a little quick math and like conservatively. Now some of these teams are going to try to get under or try to get closer, but like teams who are under the cap this year might be getting somewhere between 20 and $30 million. Wow. Last year it was like $14 million. There are two teams. Now this could change because one of them is Brooklyn, I believe. And so they have, you know, Katie Kyrie and Ben Simmons. But like, there's two teams over 140 million dollars in luxury tax payments for this upcoming season. That is just like so wild. If you're a team like Portland, who is four million over right now and yeah. they're hard capped, yeah. Uh, like, what would you give to get off of that four million and then make like t- over 20 million? And unfortunately, OKC just doesn't have the space this year. I know. They're not going to be the beneficiary of this, but it's still exciting for some of these other teams. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the like the Spurs, the Spurs could probably do something. Yeah, that's the thing. That was the conversation because like some people are like, oh my gosh, there's gonna be a there's gonna be such a crazy lockout next summer. But you talk to people in Vegas and they're like, actually, like no, there's not. And the reason is, is that we are making uh, so much money right now that yeah. we're not. Like we're not gonna stop this gravy train. Like we'll figure out a way to keep this this truck moving. We are going to continue to play basketball and continue to make 
millions and millions of dollars. Um, so the league is in a, is in like a really good place. And part of it is, oh, you can complain all you want about the Warriors, but the fact that like they can have this giant luxury tax bill, which pays all these other teams a boatload of money, and they're making crazy money because of the deal that Joe Lacob has with Chase Center. Like it's all actually like very good for the league. Like very, very good. Then, then why then why are some of these teams being little babies and complaining about it? Um it, I mean, obviously it's jealousy. <laughs> you know? It's such a it's such a weird jealousy though, because it's it's not like the KD thing was. Like they just yeah. like they're they're giving huge like do you want to give a huge contract to Draymond Green? Do you want to pay his next contract? Do you want to be paying Clay Thompson fifty million a year? Right. Like, is that what you want? Right. Like, you don't want that. Yeah. Like, we this like those gonna... players, but like, some of these contracts are getting terrifying for Golden State. Yes. Like, and, unless like Wiseman or Kaminga or Moody become a star, like this is not going to continue for a whole lot longer. Yeah. You know. Um, but for now, like, enjoy the spoils because like they're they're making a lot of money. And a lot of it is because of the Warriors. Um, All right. That's all we've got tonight. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back to talk more about the Summer League on Friday. Uh, I think no L-Man still. I haven't heard L-Man on a podcast in like over a month. He he sent a – we were making fun of the way people are saying Chet Holmgren's, Holmgren's name. Now I can't say. It. Now you're I know. Gonna get me now I'm. I, I know. I hate it. I hate it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but Luke was sending us voicemails or voice messages of him saying it in different ways, and you could hear the Law and Order dun dun in the background so loud. He must have been sitting like right next to the TV, just watching some SVU by himself on a Wednesday night. Should be worried about Elman's hearing? Because maybe <laughs> I am. Maybe he's just got. Maybe he's got the volume cranked up. <laughs> he just loves it so much. Dun dun. Just turn it up. Dun dun. Turn it up, baby. All right. Uh, we'll be back Friday. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.